T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the WFT Declassified Podcast, live from OTAs. We went out there today to Ashburn, hung out with the uh, commanders. Uh, Eric was out there taking selfies with the world. He got a selfie with uh, Ron Rivera, uh, Jahan Dotson. I mean, anybody you can name, he was out there taking photos with him, right, Eric? They got selfies with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. So, just to give you guys an idea of what the day was like, uh, initially we got an email from the team inviting us out there. Uh, of course, we took them up on it. Uh, we headed over to the practice bubble area um, at about eight o'clock in the morning. They walked us down to the field, uh, got our credentials, then we went down and we had breakfast with uh, some of the executives from the team. Um, and that was nice. Uh, of course, they didn't sit with us. We sat at our own table. A lot of other invitees were there. Um, some of them sat with us and then some sat all over the place. Then we headed over to the field and it was really cool because they, they had gates lining up where all the players were walking onto the field at practice. And uh, we lined the gates outside of the practice field. We were only probably about, what do you say, Eric, maybe 10 feet or so away from where the players were um, running through those drills. So we got a really good look at everything. And of course, it's really that kid in a candy store perspective where everything looks good. Um, but we got a lot of really cool things to talk about. But before we jump into that, let's say what's up to Brian. Brian wasn't able to make it with us today. But Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. I was uh, enjoying all of your guys' uh, videos and uh, pictures uh, that uh, that you sent over. Really cool. Looks like you guys got to see uh, a lot of the action today. Hey, Brian, let me tell you. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Brian, you were like, you were guy in a chair this week, man. Like, you were the command center. It was pretty cool because, like, all I did was text you a couple of photos. And next thing I know, like, I'm trending on Twitter. <laughs> People love those pictures. Those were those are pretty cool. The ones with Rivera, Samuel, like, uh, those, uh, everybody loved those. So that, uh, that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. We, um, no, it, it, it was one of those things where, like, as a kid, as a 10-year-old, I never, ever would have thought that I would do or get a chance to do. And when I was out there, I was like, you know, as an adult, and still like, wow, <laughs> this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. and, and and you never get used to how big these guys are and how fast they move, no matter how many times you see them in person. Um, it's just un, unreal. And uh, real quick, you know, if you haven't already, check out our site, WFTDeclassified.com. We got some videos along with an article up there about the OTAs for you guys to check out and see. Um, make sure you read that. Also, Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast. Uh, you can do that at Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, anywhere you consume podcasts, we are there. And also, of course, on YouTube, find that subscribe button. It should be somewhere down there below. Make sure you hit that. Stay locked in. All right. What we're going to do today, we're going to jump into our, our storylines from week two of OTAs. Of course, last week was week one. Some really good information came out of that. Um I'm going to start with this because this just came out. So there was a tweet put out by Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch. Make sure you're following him. He's a friend of the show that said the commanders are planning on building a 55,000 seat stadium, max capacity 
for their new stadium, which oh, yeah. in today's world is really bucking the trend of these mega stadiums. Uh, Brian, give me your thoughts on that. Uh I love it. Uh, when you build something uh, smaller like that, there's a there's almost an air of exclusivity, right? You you make it smaller, you make it trendier. Uh, but but here's the thing: just from a practical standpoint, it's much harder when you build something big to fill it consistently. And what did we see happen with FedEx Field? It was at its height, ninety two thousand, when it started to shrink. Right when the crowd started to shrink, you know how hard and how ugly it was to watch them try to cover up seats. They had to create like sheets to put put over a sheet uh, of the some of the seats and then they put up like cardboard or like wood to try to hide some of the seats and stuff like that. That's just a terrible look. So when you're talking about building, you can add on to something. But when you make it that large and that, uh, you know, uh, monstrous and then it's empty. Yeah, that's such a bad look. So I think this is the way to go. Build something smaller, something that has more amenities around the stadium, bars, restaurants, shops, hotels, amphitheater, all those different things. Make it a destination that people can go to all year round, not just the football games, I think is the way to go. So uh, that's cool. 55,000. I think that's good. Hey, if if the fan base gets built back up and we're selling out 55,000 and we need more, guess what? You can always make things bigger. But uh, to go the opposite way with a stadium, not so much. Eric, you in agreement? Yeah, 100%. 55,000 is the perfect uh, oh, yeah. perfect size uh, for an NFL stadium. And it should be that way. <clears throat> Personally, I think it should be that way everywhere. Um, I hate, 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 hate. And not saying this is going to fix this, but just going to the game and just being having our team just drowned out by opposing fans. And yeah. when there's that many seats available, that's going to happen always. Time. It's easy to get a ticket because, you know, there's, you know, 20,000 empty seats. You get it down to 55,000. I know it's kind of a harken back to the old RFK days, sat, sat about 53, 55,000 people. Uh, it's a much more in, uh, it's intimate as 55,000 people can be. Um, it's a much better, uh, it's a much better concept to have 55, a, a smaller size stadium, especially in today's NFL, especially with all of the, the, the manner in which people can watch the game now. Like it's much harder to attract people to a game, whereas, you know, 25 years ago, you could get 70,000 people in the stadium. It's a little tougher to do these days, so you have to kind of, you know, finagle the numbers or run, you know, promotions. It's much better if you can just have a decent-sized stadium that you can fill. Um, and hopefully, you know, the Redskins can, sorry, the Commanders can pack the house. <laughs> I'm thinking small stadium. I'm thinking about RFK, man. I can't help it. Uh, you know, hopefully we can, you know, it's much easier to pack a small stadium with actual fans of our team. That'd be great. Yep. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. Really what this is, this is a, a bow to the future. Right. Because as time goes on, there aren't going to be more people that go to games. There's going to be less people that go to games because technology at home is so good. And the experience of being in your own house with your friends is is the real experience that fans are after on a game day. Now, that's just enough for your hardcore fans. Of course, they're, with everything, there's cause and effect. Right. So the one thing that's going to get extremely pricey are the secondary market tickets for games. Now that you don't just have an extra 30,000 of them floating out there. So be prepared to pay a premium price. If you're buying tickets from season ticket holders, because um, there's not going to be any availability for tickets. Uh, the, the commanders also have to consider if they move their stadium out of uh, their current location and out of DC, your executive suites, right? All those packages they sold to all the uh, the offices and the uh, corporations in D.C. are going to be a little bit harder to sell, right? Because there's more travel involved to come to the games, right? Because you're not within five miles of D.C. or whatever it is currently. So, um, 
I think they're really just adjusting to what the potential circumstances are there. I like the move. I don't think that the mega stadiums are really going to be the way to go uh, very much longer. I mean, Dallas has that, what, 100,000-plus stadium, um, but they're they're a team that travels well. Fans come from all over to see that. The stadium itself is really the attraction down there in Dallas more so than the team. Um, but I, I like it. It's the right move. It's going to create a sense of of supply and demand, right, with those tickets, and um, it'll lead to a better experience because you're probably only going to have your hardcore fans in and around. Not that we don't love casual fans, but I think that's really what they're they're looking for. Okay, on the field at OTAs, the tight end group looked absolutely massive. I loved it. Eric, give me your 10 second or your your quick uh, um, you know view of what the tight end group looked like at, at OTAs. Today. That looked like a starting five for the Wizards out there. Those are some big <laughs> views, man. I mean. I mean, we were talking about guys six seven, six eight. I mean, Cole Turner's a giant. Who was I, I can't remember the guy's name. There's the guy that's out there that was six eight. He's one of the, the newer players. I apologize. I don't have the roster right in front of me. Um, John Bates is a giant. Just these guys are are, are monsters. I and mean, then like they look they make AGG look like a midget out there, seriously. Like he was just at that six two or whatever he is. Didn't even look like he belonged. Like he was definitely the point guard of that group. Um yeah, and uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I really – John Bates running with t, uh, tight end one, loved it, um, and he looked really right. smooth. He looked really good out there. And Cole Turner is is fast, and he's got some good hands. I seriously – I know you guys aren't on board yet. That dude's going to see the field this year. He's going to get. He's going to make some plays. He's going to be a good player uh, at the tight end slash receiver position. I really like him. Curtis Hodges, 6'8". Yes, Curtis Hodges. Yeah. out there. He, he I, I tell you what, it's an impressive group physically. We'll see what they can do on the field. Um, you know, I, I, I told Eric at OTAs today, I said, you know, I tweeted out that Ganny Gold looked like one of the bigger tight ends in the group. <laughs> I don't know if he did in person or not. He did not. I mean, there's some monsters out there. Look, you know, he didn't look. Those These guys are all like 6'8", 250, you know, and he's, you know, 6'4", 220. It just doesn't look the same. Yeah. Brian, what do you, you, you got to think, though, with this tight end group, you know, we, we've seen here the past two years uh, uh, in this offense, the tight ends got to be able to block and catch. Right. We we haven't had I know there there looks like there's a big effort to try to get uh, a receiving tight end. And I don't know if that's just more so to get a receiving tight end or if it's more worry that uh, Logan Thomas may not be ready by uh you know, the week one rolls around, but uh, because you have to do both in this offense, I mean, you're going to have some big guys like, you know, again, John Bates, I know he's not the fastest guy out there, but he probably has some of the best hands in the tight end uh, group that we've got here on this roster. And that includes AGG coming in and Cole Turner as well, too. Um, so uh, I like it. Uh, you guys said Bates was running with number one. That's awesome because I think he is a starter. Does he give you uh, the potential to uh, to break away and uh, to do some like Travis Kelsey type things? No, uh, but he does have really good hands, and I think he uh, he does know how to find soft spots within the defense to sit down and uh, catch the football. So uh, I'm excited to see who else uh, develops behind him. Did uh, did how how did uh, Cole Turner look to you guys? Did you see a bunch of them or what? We, I got to see him in the, the tight ends were actually working out in front of us for a good chunk of the practice. And Turner is, he's fast. I mean, he's a smooth runner. Um, and he get yeah, he, he, he runs really good routes. Um, and he's just very fluid. He's much, he's probably the most fluid of the group. Um, I think maybe AGG may have him on the route running a little bit just because he's a receiver, you know, coming out of the receiver group, but 
Uh, I really liked Goldberger. I was surprised at how athletic he actually was. Oh, a little nice. thinner than I thought he was, but uh, uh, or, but outside of that, I mean, he looked really, really fluid as an athlete. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have no disagreement there whatsoever. It was really, really impressive to see. You saw, like, you know how people walk in a room and you just kind of notice them? When we got there, Cole Turner was walking to the field. That dude stands out because, <laughs> you know, he's just a, a giant. Like, he's so – but when you see guys like that, you're thinking like George Murison, right? Like that kind of movement. This dude – Looks like he could run track. Like that's how how smooth of a runner he is. Wow. Now, you know, there's nuances about playing tight end in the NFL that I'm sure he's going to have to learn. So I, let's. I want to pump the brakes so we're not jumping, you know, out the window completely on it. But man, just from a raw athleticism perspective, he can do some things. It looks like now, Brian, you like to say a lot. We need our tight ends to block, and I completely disagree with you. Outside of like our, your top two guys, like you know, Logan can block, and Logan was there today. By the way, he was not working out with the team. But right. we did see him on the field. Um, but, you know, you have Bates to block. I think there's going to be a tight end on the roster that doesn't block that's just there for the athletic plays. Um, and I think it's going to come down between Cole Turner and uh, AGG. Yeah. Um, you know, the the other guy that you guys just mentioned, his name is slipping my mind now. Thank you very much. Uh, Curtis Hodges. Curtis Hodges. Doc Walker mentioned him last time we spoke to him. And Doc Walker was pretty high on that guy. So, the room is is looking good, at least for, you know, week two of OTA. So I was very, very excited uh, from what we saw there. Now, um, the practice environment there. Uh, Eric, give me your, your your sense of the vibe of the practice there. Um, early on, it was a little ragtag, it seemed. It just kind of, I mean, and I get it. You know, it was the early part of practice. The music was playing. Um, guys weren't it wasn't as it didn't seem as focused as maybe as it could have been i thought as they started getting into the like the group sessions a little bit deeper it got much more crisp um and you know they were everything was right on time as it should have been uh there was definitely some urgency but early on i was like what are these guys doing this is like high school yeah. but you know it was basically you know glorified warm-ups um prior to going into team they go out and do a little bit of individual work and they're just kind of going through the motions like that. And I was like, man, I hope this isn't a harbinger. But if I wasn't, I thought they looked much better as the as the day progressed. Yeah, if you've ever been to training camp when Jay Gruden was coach, that's what that's what the first part of practice looked like. <laughs> you know, like the first five minutes. Though we're not talking about you know the entire practice. It was kind of that lax environment, but it was definitely a warm up period too. So give the players their grace. But when it was time to work, they worked and it was efficient. They moved from drill to drill to drill. Um, guys weren't showing up late. Um, there, you know, the running backs were right in front of us too. And you got to see the interaction with Randy Jordan and his running backs. And um, you know, Jared Patterson, God bless him, went first in the drills. And I looked at Eric, I said, Man, I would never want to be first through one of the drills because he messed it up a couple of times. And and Randy Jordan got on him big time. But then afterwards, you saw him show some appreciation for him doing it better the next time around. So it was really cool to see that type of interaction. Yeah, I definitely get why Randy Jordan is held in such high regard. His just his demeanor, and he was actually he even interacted with us a little bit yeah. um, with the crowd. He was just kind of like just throw a little aside over his shoulder, drop a little joke. Um, but he was, yeah, he was very hard on them when they made mistakes. But he was also very, uh, very. It was like fatherly. I guess the best way to put it. He was he was just what he's just like. He was able to strike that that tone of just that balance between like being tough on him, but also like showing him love. 
And uh, yeah, I totally get it. Like why he's been around for so long and he's stuck around through what three coaching staffs now. Yeah, it was impressive. And Brian, I want to tell you, I know you got something to say, but you're, you're running back, man. He looked pretty decent out there, Brian Robinson. So I just want to give you that little nugget right there. <laughs> uh, well, good, good. I'm glad to, I'm glad to see because uh, you know, he's a, uh, uh, he's got a purpose and uh, I know he, uh, he, he will uh, be working hard, but let me ask you guys. Uh, so you're, you're out there. You mentioned that the, the starter practice kind of looked a little uh, um, discombobulated. Uh, you know, for me, you know, with anything, whether it's a football practice, whether it's a work environment, any leader out there, you know, if, uh, you know, the, the people under them, you know, tend to kind of take on their personality. If they're a little lackadaisical, you know, the rest of the group will be a little lackadaisical. Did you guys see anything from the coaches? Were they just kind of all like, hey, I want to be your friend type or, or were they were they serious and like, hey, do the drill right or you're going to do it again uh, type of guys uh, or coaches that are out there? Like what what's kind of the, the demeanor of some of these coaches? So I will say, like we said with Randy Jordan, he got on him. Like, I mean, okay. and and I, I don't want to overstate the the guys being lax. It was a warm-up period, and they were clearly just getting in right. motion. Um, but yeah, Randy Jordan was on him. I didn't hear the tight end coach say anything at all. Like to be honest with you, but they he, were just they were just he's functioning. a brand new guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's so a, they, yeah. But they, they they went through their drills though, like you expect them to. Ron was there. I didn't hear him say anything at all. North Turner was there, as was Scott. When they went to 11-on-11s, you saw Scott Turner speak up a little bit. Um, and, and there was another assistant there. I don't know who it was um, that was helping orchestrate things on the offense. For uh, He's actually helping the scout team defense. But, you know, it wasn't like, you know, what, remember the Titans or something like that where the coach is just constantly on you. But you have to remember you're dealing with grown adults too, right? And so you can only push so much before you start to create a, a negative environment there. But – Overall, I really like the environment that they had going at practice once the players got locked in. Yeah, I did get to hear a little bit of Castillo's style. He's different than Jordan. Uh, Castillo was really very much in teacher mode. Like he was just giving instruction the whole time. He's not re not a real loud guy, not a real vocal guy, but he was, I mean, he was talking the whole time and you could just hear him giving instructions to, to the players about, you know, what's next, what you're doing. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. This is what you're going to do. And he was talking, he was, he was talking the whole time, but again, he's not real loud, real vocal, but he's definitely different, not as animated as, as Bobby, as uh, Randy Jordan, but uh, he was, yeah, every coach kind of has his own style. Yeah, he's got, get any he's kind got, of respect or lack of respect. Um, they were, you know, the, the players are very attentive to him as well. Oh, good, good, good. He's got big shoes to fill with uh, Pete oh, Hainer retiring. Did you guys see my favorite, John Matsko, offensive line coach? They were working on the far field pretty uh, much the whole time, so we really didn't get to. Um, you know, we kind of could just see what they were doing from afar, but we didn't get to experience much of you know what they were doing. Yeah, and I was happy. Uh, Ron Rivera remembered me, and I can tell this because he said, hey, how you doing? When he looked at me while he was signing somebody else's autograph, from a Zoom meeting I had with Ron last year. So that was kind of cool to see that he had that kind of memory because nice. it was a brief meeting. Let's talk wide receivers, okay? Because, look, if there was anything to walk away from today being excited about, in my opinion, it was the wide receivers. I mean, Curtis Samuel was out there looking fast, lean and mean. Diami was out there looking smooth as silk. Jahan Dotson, the rookie receiver. Um, yeah. He, he was balling. So just uh, the one thing I didn't notice a lot of was uh, uh, Cam Sims. Um, I, he start he was in the with the first group. Obviously, Terry was out. Um, I just I think we're so used to seeing him already. I was kind of looking more at Samuel 
and uh, Diami to see how he's doing and Dotson. Um, both of those guys, uh, Diami, or excuse me, uh, Dotson and Samuel caught deep, deep passes from Wentz. A thing of beauty. But, uh, Eric, give me your recap of the wide receivers today. Yeah, they were fun to watch. Curtis Samuel looked the part. He looked like he there was nothing wrong with his with his groin today. Uh, he was he was, yeah. was flying, uh, really smooth in and out, just fast. She was taking you know we can't talk too much about what they were doing, but he was you know he was getting the ball. He was involved very much. Um, yeah, he was great. I was really impressed with Dotson, little guy though. Oh my gosh, I didn't yeah. like. I knew he was small. He was a little guy. I mean, he's. I mean, he looks like he's about one sixty five. He's a just a little fellow. Uh, but very fast and just tremendous hands. I mean, I, that guy just caught everything, and not every pass was great. Um, so, yeah, I was really impressed with him. Diami, I didn't actually pay that much attention to Diami on there. I know he was getting open. Um, he caught, I saw, he caught a couple in drills, but I didn't really see much in when they were going 11 on 11. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, Curtis Samuels, super impressive. And uh, Diami or, uh, and uh, Jahan Dotson also really good. Caught a great deep ball from Carson Wentz. Yes. That's awesome. Did so uh, overall the wide receiver group did uh, did everybody look? Uh, I think you guys touched on it uh, a little bit there, but everyone looked you know, essentially healthy, right? Like there wasn't anybody kind of uh, limping around or anything like that. Uh, Samuel looked good to you guys and uh, um, Deami. So every, everybody everybody looked uh, healthy and ready to go. Oh, you know who had a couple of grabs too with Dax Milne. Yeah, he oh, did. Yeah, he had a couple of nice little mid range. He was running with the second group, but yeah, he had a couple of nice grabs. Oh, nice. Yeah, they looked. Everybody looked healthy. You know, oh, good. We're we're gonna need every last one of them. So yeah, no, that's awesome news. Yeah, no, it was it was really impressive. Uh, let's see, Gibson and Robinson. Uh, let let me tell you something about. So you know, Ron and the whole recreating the D'Angelo thing, uh, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart thing. I was kind of like, eh, but I saw him in person. Let me tell you something, Antonio Gibson looks in his best shape I've ever seen him in. Um, the man has huge calves too, if I'm allowed to say that on this podcast. The guy just, you know, he looks like he's going to run through some brick walls. I mean, we want him to run around the walls, but he just is in that kind of physical condition. It was amazing to see. Um, and I tell you, you know, Robinson looked tremendous. I thought he did, you know, going through the drills that we saw. And of course, let's keep it, keep perspective. They're running on air, you know, and against pads, but he really, really, really looks the part. That's a big dude. He's not so like as as like Diesel's I thought, but he's a tall dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He what he did, he caught a couple of passes too. He actually yeah. wasn't receiving. He was going and plucking them out of the air. He wasn't basket or he wasn't you know letting them into his body or anything. Um, yeah, doing his his receiving drills. Um, a couple of balls were a little high, a little outside. He snagged them. He snagged them pretty well. But yeah, he was a little. He was. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought he would be like a little more stout, but he's more of a lean player. Doesn't mean he's not a power runner because obviously he is. But yeah, he looks like he's in great shape, uh, ready to ready to go for nine hundred and thirty yards, right, Brian? <laughs> RB one. Yeah. Uh, no, that's that's awesome that uh, Gibson is looking fit and uh, healthy, and that Brian Robinson uh, certainly looks the part. Uh, what about uh, our our spark plug from last year, JD McKissick? Were you guys able to see him? Uh, I know he had a highlight move uh, last week during OTAs that everybody went nuts about. How did he look? Going through the pad drills, he he was the best running back going through those drills. I mean, that guy's feet are so quick and efficient. It is like, it's jaw-dropping. Just seeing somebody work through the pads like that. And you could tell, and I think, we, I know I put this in the article earlier, but just the respect between him and Randy Jordan is just 
it, it nope. jumps off at you when you're there. Uh, of course, you look good in going through drills. Carson hit him on a few out routes and things like that out of the backfield uh, in the team period. Um, I don't want to leave out the fullback. The fullback was really involved. I don't know if you noticed that, Eric, but uh, uh, Armar, is that his name? Uh, Alex, Alex Armar. Armar Jr. Yeah. I saw him get it in the mix yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a fullback this year because he was involved quite a bit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that, that was surprising. But I liked it. I mean, you know, I'm all about the run game. He was working uh, with the a little bit as well. Yes, so he was. H-back stuff, yeah. He was in early on because he was the he was the only guy shorter than AGG with the tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> he was absolutely there. All right. Garrett Patterson, too, because like I said, like Ellie said, uh, Patterson had a, a couple of little flubs early on. Mm. But really, he does look very explosive. Um, and he's got some pretty good feet. Um, and he's, he's built like a fire hydrant. Like that dude, just his lower half is insanely huge. It's crazy. Absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest stories, I think, this week was Chase and Montez Sweat were both there. I think this is the first time they've been there. Um, you know, obviously, Sweat went through everything for, as, that I could tell. He went through all the drills. Uh, Chase came out, did some work on the side field. Uh, the guy is a monster when you see him in person up close. Um, but he kind of, you know, stayed to himself, did his work, a little stretching, a little, um, you know, work on the leg and things like that. And then he went in the building. But I tell you what, it was good to see him out there with the rest of the group in Montez Sweat as well. No knee brace either. Hmm. I mean, he wasn't doing a lot, but he, you know, he wasn't wearing a brace. He wasn't noticeably limping. Um, he was going through, he was doing his thing. And he is, uh, is somebody who's been injured for six months, still in peak physical condition because he looks amazing. Yes, absolutely. Like he could play today. Not that we want him to, but he just had that type of physical appearance where it looked like he could. So um, that was really cool. With uh, with Chase being out, who was taking snaps opposite uh, Sweat at the other defensive end spot? When they did first team defense, they were on the far field. I couldn't I couldn't see that. Did you see that, Eric? Yeah, I want to say it was uh, uh, not Andy Golden. Smith Williams, I think, was the guy out there. Was that ninety two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was ninety two. So if that was Smith Williams, that's I can look it up on my tiny little writing here that I don't have. My glasses, but I think he's ninety six, and I think ninety two may be the new guy. F A Obata. Oh no, Daniel Wise. Daniel, Daniel Wise. Wise. Yeah. Oh yeah, Daniel Wise was out there taking snaps. Oh yeah. Hey, um, what was that? We've got to improve that depth behind those two guys. Well, but anyway, mistaken on that. I definitely saw 92 out there taking reps. He may not have been with the ones uh, I thought he was, but you know, it was hot and I was thirsty. So maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> I missed it, but I'm pretty sure that's who I saw out there. Um, two other notes on the D line Deron Payne was on the side field the entire time, but Deron Payne is just a massive human being. I mean, I, there's no way I would get tackled by that guy. All right. I I'd just run backwards because he is such a menace, you know, just from an appearance perspective. It's that large. I don't even know how those work. Yeah. So big is it's ridiculous. He is huge. I didn't see a lot of Federian Mathis. I saw him on the field working on the sleds. Um, I didn't notice him today that much. I wasn't really looking for him either. So let me put that out there. I'm not dissing the guy. I'm just saying I didn't see him a ton. Um, I, I was on the way home. I was listening to uh, Logan Paulson talk about him. And I think he said he did a really good job in week one of taking on blockers and, the, and you know, 
one thing he struggled with was the lateral zone runs. He said he looked like he struggled a, quite a bit there. Um, but he's a bigger, you know, D tackle. So you're probably going to see that. But um, yeah, Deron Payne, Deron Payne looked like a mountain. He's just a mountain of a person. Um, I thought Chase looked good in his uniform, getting ready and getting prepared, like he was doing well in his recovery. Montez was back to being Montez. And, um, you know, John Allen, oh, my gosh, he was there, too. He's a, he's a big person, too. That guy, his fists are like the size of my face. So, uh, you know, it, just, it was really good to see all the guys out there today. And, all right, we're going to wrap up the OTA aspect of this, talking about quarterbacks. Eric, I'm going to let you tell us about what you saw of the quarterbacks live and in person today. Man, let me tell you, I had a couple of impressions. Carson Wentz's arm is ridiculous. It's so noticeably different from everybody else's out there. I mean, he just has an absolute rifle, and it's just natural. He wasn't even, like, putting, you know, he wasn't trying to throw hard. He's just a natural hard thrower. Now, he was a little off. I thought he was, wasn't was super accurate, especially with some of, like, the wheel routes that he was throwing. But, you know, it's early in OTAs. Um, but, man, does that guy have a cannon? He is just it's unreal how strong his arm is. Um, so I was, you know, obviously very impressed just with that aspect. I mean, that's going to add a whole new dynamic. I mean, he threw that pass. He threw to uh, Dotson had to be 60 yards in the air. I mean, that was just, I mean, that was just a bomb. It was a great throw. Uh, so yeah, really impressed with Carson Wentz is just like physical, physical ability. Like that, there's no doubt he can make every throw in the NFL. Um, Taylor Heineke, uh, he was out there. Um, actually, he, you know, he had, a little bit of zip on his passes, a little more than even I was expecting to see. Um, not a, obviously not as hard as Carson Wentz, probably not as hard as Sam Howell, but he had a little bit of zip on his passes. Um, but it was, you know, there was definitely there was definitely a drop off. But he is the clear cut number two. He was he's number he's take all this all this reps with the second team. Um, and you know, uh, 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 Sam Howell is is clearly third. Sam Howell throws probably. Not the hardest ball, not the the strongest pass, but the, he throws the prettiest spiral of any of those quarterbacks. I mean, everything that came off his hand was just beautiful. He has a really, really nice touch. And the most surprising thing about how is how small he actually is. Like, there is a 0% chance that dude is 6'1", 225. <laughs> uh, he actually came up and he was talking to us a little bit. He stood next to Ellie. They're the same height. Um I'll let Ellie tell you how tall he is. I don't want to. I don't want to. Five eleven. I'm five foot eleven. Five eleven as well. Sam, how's that? And <laughs> buck ninety tops. Like, I you, would you agree with that, Ellie? Yeah, he he he. Heineke was bigger than him. Heineke was bigger than Sam Howell. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Same height. Heineke definitely had more mass to him, but it doesn't diminish from Howell's arm strength because he really he has a really nice arm. He may. I don't have any question that he can make. He can make all the throws. He threw some really nice deep balls in practice. Uh, and like I said, he spins it as good as anybody out there. I mean, he really throws a nice ball. Yeah. it was, I, I got to tell you, you know me, I've kind of said Sam Howell's a guy that, you know, we just drafted a project, see what happens. Seeing his arm live today, I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments. I said, you know, Eric was like pointing it out. And I said, oh, my gosh, that guy, zip, zip is the best word I can use for it. You know, yeah. I just – it gets to where it's going. It gets there in a hurry, and it gets in in a location the receiver can make a catch and do something with. I thought Wentz did a lot of that too today. I mean, Eric's right. Wentz's arm is in another class all by itself. It, it's just amazing, right? And but but Howell's arm was was incredible. I thought Heineke 
Um, he did have some passes with some zip on it, and he also had some other kinds of passes. And the <laughs> one thing that you noticed was Heineke. I'm being nice there. He pulls his score there. I mean, just be honest. Anything over like 15, 20 yards, just yeah. yeah. And and every single pass I saw him throw, the receiver had to make an adjustment when mm-hmm. catching the ball, even if it's a slight adjustment, like the ball's over here, or you know what I mean? Like it's not where the receiver is going to. It's not a knock on Heineke. It's just what I saw today. Um, but I agree with Eric. Like he's firmly entrenched as number two in terms of reps. Um, you know, and and one interesting thing I saw with the quarterbacks in the last part of the drills, only Wentz was allowed to throw to the running backs in drills. Um, Eric, I don't know if you did you see this? And all the other quarterbacks were throwing to coaches. It was uh it was Gibson and it was either the McKissick or Robinson that was over there. And I was like, why don't the, the twos and threes throw to the running backs too? They didn't. Gibson and Robinson would only go out part of that arm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nah, you're gonna hurt my hands. So are the running backs. As <laughs> is me actually with the quarterbacks is that they catch their own pat like when they throw to each other, they actually catch like they don't have somebody yeah. catching for them. I wouldn't yeah, I would never do that with my quarterback. I'd always have somebody, I wouldn't let him catch. I don't want him jamming a finger. Right. Right. But I tell you what, the quarterback room is a lot more impressive this year than it was at this time last year. I will say that. Now, you, you can tell me all you want to about Fitz. I'm not buying it. <laughs> you know, uh, Carson Wentz is a different. Now, can he put it all together on the field when it matters? That's a question that we can't answer right now. But in OTAs, it was it was really impressive. I walked away from that just like, you know, it looked good. We saw Kelvin Harmon there, too. Um, and that was good to see. I didn't necessarily see him do anything, but he was there. That was also nice to see, um, you know, just some other takeaways. Obviously, we saw our guy, Jonathan Williams. Um, Jamin Davis, without the pads on, is just – he could be a, a wrestler for WWE. That guy is like – He's built like a pro wrestler. Yeah. That guy is walking around in his underwear. But. <laughs> did, he, did he look good? I didn't see a lot of notes uh, on him or hear anything about him. Uh, was he Was he doing anything out there? I don't even. I honestly didn't even see him on the field because they were on the other side the whole time. Yeah, so, there wasn't any real like anything to really watch. Like you know, there wasn't uh, you know the the eleven on elevens that they were doing is you know, basically touch football, so it's hard to it's hard to really gauge that. But he definitely looks the part. Yeah. How did um, Wentz on those deep passes? Did it look like they were in rhythm, or was he like holding the ball, looking, 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 and then loading up and throwing, or were things kind of just essentially one, two, three balls out? Well, there was one when he had like eleven seconds to throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> there was one. He definitely was just waiting. Like I think he went through his progressions and then just threw the deep ball because nobody was rushing him. Yeah. So it's kind of hard again with with no pads. It's a little it's a little tough to see, um, but. Yeah, I saw him. He threw a couple of good deep balls. He actually, I saw one attempt by Harmon that Harmon almost got to. It was a little bit overthrown. Um, Harmon did a nice diving effort at it, but couldn't quite get to it. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like I said, he hit Samuel deep and he hit uh, he hit Dotson deep on a really nice pass. The best part about the Samuel deep pass was he caught it and then he laid it up over the goalpost. And you're not yeah. doing that if you're not all the way healthy. You know what okay. I'm saying? So. Um, Eric, on the way out for the OTAs, any any final thoughts? Anything that you want to leave out there? I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm just excited to see the team this year. I think it's I think it's fun. I appreciate them just letting us come out to watch. Honestly, um, yeah. so big shout out to those guys and, and Ellie with all his cloud getting us in there. Um, so <laughs> I really appreciate that. Uh, I definitely you know can't wait to see you know Wentz throw live because man, that guy's got a cannon arm. 
Yeah, it was beautiful. Eric was this close to getting Troy Apke's autograph. I think he walked over there. Apke from Apke, though. He did come by and give me a little fist bump. Did he dab you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. From Apke. <laughs> who, who had the longer line for autographs, Jahan Dotson or Troy Apke? Following, uh, though, there's some guys out there that really love them some Apke. They got really. That's, <laughs> that's true. Apke kind of didn't really stop the sign, but. Uh, no. Uh, right. they're, they're both uh, Penn State guys, too, aren't they? Yep. Well, and, and remember, it's a private event, too, so there weren't that many people there, so we had access to everybody on the way in. But, I mean, shout-out to even Jack Del Rio. I mean, he stopped on the way in. I think he stopped on the way out, too. Um, all the coaches there were phenomenal. The staff there was excellent. If you're watching this or listening to this and you get a chance, you get an invite or you know somebody that knows somebody, make your way out there. If not for the OTAs, make sure you get out to training camp. The team is doing a much better job with these type of events to get people involved. Um, it was really, really cool to see and to see your favorite players up close. Um, just second to none, you know, with these guys. Now, we'll see what it all amounts to, but I had a blast. Uh, we'll provide any and all updates we have for OTAs. Make sure you check out the website and everything like that. Uh, Brian, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, just something to uh, tag along with what you guys are saying about Sam Howell's arm, his zip that he has on the football. So something that I tweeted out back during the Senior Bowl, so uh, like uh, end of February, uh, where all the rookie quarterbacks uh, were there at the Senior Bowl. They basically chart all the throws for those quarterbacks, and Sam Howell was essentially at the top uh, in terms of uh, these couple um, categories here I'm going to give you. Um, so – Longest air yards, right? Throwing the ball um, as far as you can. Longest air yards. He was second at 63.1 yards. Malik Willis was first. Um, highest initial air speed. Uh, he was third at 69.7 miles per hour. Um, highest spin rate. I think this is uh, Ellie and Eric. You guys were mentioning the zip he has to get the ball quickly to the receiver at any point on the field. He was first. Uh, highest spin rate at 728.6 RPMs. So uh, he actually, when he winds up and he throws it, he can really move the ball. That spiral is really tight, and he can get that to the receiver quickly. Uh, average spin rate. So um, not just you know on a really uh, hard throw that he loads up and you know puts all his weight behind, uh, but just on his average throws, he was also first among all those quarterbacks. Average spin rate of 516.4 RPM. So he had. Has legitimate arm strength and arm talent. So uh, I think there was a reason that he was talked about as one of the top quarterbacks in there and a reason why we drafted him. So I think you guys uh, hit the nail on the head and noticed it right there that uh, he does have arm talent and it is on par. If not, you know, in some categories, it's actually the best um, at it, in terms of the rookie quarterbacks anyways. Yeah. Speaking of rookie quarterbacks, Cole Kelly, the 6'7", 250 quarterback. Oh, yeah. How do you look? Something I just noticed, he throws a really flat football. I don't know if it's because he's so tall and is used to throwing down. I just I was watching him and how throw back and forth. Uh, and I think he threw a couple to some receivers. It is just a really flat ball. Um, now, can that work in the NFL? Absolutely. I'm not hating. I'm just it was just an observation that I made. And not that I think he's gonna get any serious time this year because you know where he's gonna be, uh, lower end of the roster practice squad kind of guy, but it was you know, he got to where it was where it needed to go, and he does have some good arm strength, make no mistake. But it was just a really, really flat ball. But anyway, thank you for checking us out. This has been the OTAs. You got something, Eric? 
I just said he throws a really different ball than the other guys do. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Montez 2.0? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> what you say earlier at the K or the OTAs? Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch 2.0. How about that? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. We will check you next time.